shit on me Anthony with Interviews at Everyday People here. Um, uh, that was intro music by Churches and Trains, so if uh, you guys are interested, go check them out. All the links below, as well as everything we're going to be talking about. Um, I have Jeremiah on the phone. I'll let him do his little intro and what he's kind of on here talking about, and then we're just going to rant, and we're going to rave for a while. It's going to be a good time. So go ahead, Jeremiah. Give everyone, give everyone a little introduction of uh, who you are, where you're from, and, uh, and what we're going to be talking about today. Sure. Uh, yeah, we're going to rant and rave. It's going to be fun. Looking <laughs> forward to this. So, uh, yeah, my name is Jeremiah Isley. Um, I am a, what am I? I'm a podcast producer. <laughs> I do a little bit of everything. I do a lot of live sound. Hopefully, I'll be doing that this summer. Uh, <laughs> I do live theater. I I don't know. I guess we'll probably get into all this, but I've done a lot of things in my life, most of which I'm proud of. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I live in uh, Talmadge, Ohio, known as the Circle City, and little little town right outside of Akron. You know, you might have heard of that because of that LeBron James guy. But uh, Ooh, not yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, we can talk about that later. Uh, um, <laughs> Kobe Bryant in high school played not too far from us in Pennsylvania. So yeah. Oh, right on. Yeah, right on. Hey mad respect for that guy you know mm-hmm. uh and uh i i loved lebron twice and he <laughs> left me twice so yep. there's that <laughs> i grew up a jordan fan but i i just i think I, I think the reason i give lebron james too much shit is because his generation the degenerate i mean listen if if, you, if i was a jordan fan back in the day i probably annoyed everyone because i talked how much i love jordan right. so i get it right. like you know what yeah. i mean I, I definitely see i see that <laughs> i see how bad it could have been but yeah so, so you said you do you do like live sound. So you do like you're you're like a sound engineer for the most part, right? Yeah. So actually, I started doing uh, audio work back in like '98, '99. Uh, I went to a, a tech school here in Ohio, and came out of that just you know ran headfirst into the industry. Worked for about three three and a half years at a big multi-track recording studio here in Ohio. Oh shit and uh did that for a while and then sort of transitioned over into live work because there's just more money (laughs) not a not a thriving uh recording industry i mean i guess it's ebbed and flowed over the years but it it depends uh, on what level of material you're on because if you're the artist you're not making money if you got a producing it you're not making money unless you own your own studio so it's it's going somewhere it's not going to the places probably it should be who's doing the work right (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) so uh, did that for a while and then, yeah, ended up, you know, podcasting was just kind of like the natural next step. Like I've been doing all this live sound. I did recording for a long time and podcasting is like the thing to do. So, um, you know, a couple of that with a, a theater background and, uh, here I am. <laughs> now, when you doing podcasts and coming from an actual degree and, and working with sound and you have some schmuck like me who just buys a board and I make a podcast, is it like do you when you listen to you're like man like if they just did this this do you you always like secretly kind of critique like shows oh i judge people no um, <laughs> <laughs> uh well i guess it's it's a part of my brain that's hard to turn off yeah right? 100% because like, you you have a more of an understanding um, of it it's like if a musician listens yeah, to another it, musician play they're like man if they would just do this instead of this yeah exactly yeah. right and and it's not it's not like a furrow my brow and shake my finger like no 100 what are you doing yeah like it's just it's i those are the things i notice like i go to a show and i notice the mix i go to you know whatever it is i listen to movies and i'm like that was a weird sound design choice um 
you know, it's just, that's part of my brain. That's kind of how it works. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, not that again, not in a judgmental way. It's just one of those things like, man, I could, I could help out with that or I could, mm-hmm. I would have probably done that differently or. Well, well if you uh, go back yeah. and listen to mine, I'm all about fat positive. I'm all about feedback. So if I suck somewhere, tell me how I could fix it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I try to do the same thing too. Like I, in my area, I'm kind of one of the first people to really start the podcast thing. I mean, there's people who've been doing it a little, like before me a little bit, but I'm, 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 I guess I'm the most active, you can say. And then other people are sure. like, hey, man, I want to start a podcast too. And they're like, what can I do? And I'm like, well, how much money are you looking to spend and what are you looking, how are you looking to do it? If you, if you're, if you want to be just doing it from your phone, that's fine, but it's not going to sound as good as if you did this or that. So like, what did you, I always say like, what is your budget? Okay. What are you trying to spend? And then I try to point them in the right direction with equipment and stuff. But when it comes to like setting up a board, I'm, pff, no idea. <laughs> the board I just bought, the reason I bought it is it's so much simpler than my other one. My other one was a Yamaha board and it was just like, okay, it was everything like the, the, everything was just not, you had to do it yourself. And this, the, the zoom is kind of designed for idiots like me where just like, okay, kind of it processes your voice and goes, Oh, here's what we have to do to kind of make up the mix from here to there. So it definitely helps right, me out right. having this idiot proof board. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's as part of the cool thing about the time that we live in is there is a lot of pretty affordable tech Yeah. Uh, to, to do this, you know, like everybody's got a story, everybody's got, uh, something that they feel like they want to say and podcasting is a really inexpensive way to make that happen. So, um, you know, and it's, it's cool because there's so many just niche subjects and genres out there that people are really, really passionate about. And now there's content for them to consume, you know, whereas before it was just kind of this mainstream, like everybody, hey, everybody's gonna like this because we say so. Yep. Uh, and it's not the case anymore. So it's uh, it's really cool. Yeah, you can. I, I always some... tell people you can literally be into anything, and you could be in the weirdest yeah. thing, and somebody has a podcast about it. <laughs> it's Absolutely. out there. It's hundred yeah. percent out there. Yeah, totally. I just saw some chart. Like, there's over. I think it's like over a million podcasts now on Apple uh, Podcasts. I'm sure so. the quarantine helped. Yeah, right. <laughs> sure, there's a big spike. Right yeah, there. they're like, oh, let's so. start a podcast. Now, who was the first podcast yeah. that you listened to that you're like, man, I, I, I want to, I'm, I'm inspired. I want to do this. Oh, this is, this is a great question. I, and honestly, I got hip to podcasts when I got my first iPod. So like, oh my gosh, like 2002, maybe 2003. And the band They Might Be Giants okay, were like one of the first, like, it was like the first time I was like, oh, what's a podcast? I want to figure out what this is. And they did a weekly podcast that was like old B-sides or like cover tunes they would just record for the heck of it. Like, it was like a 30-minute, 20-minute, 30-minute, like, almost like a radio, like a, a a slice out of a, like a radio station kind of thing. And, um, I just thought it was so cool. I was like, this is like a radio show that you can do anything you want with. And I was playing in a band at the time and I tried like, I tried as much as I could to convince everybody in the band that we need to do this (laughs) because it was, but it was so like new that they didn't like, they didn't just, they didn't get it. You know, like they're like, what do you mean? What's a podcast? I don't know what that is. What do you mean? It's like a radio show that we control. Like it's a radio show that we control. And uh, so it never, that never got off the ground and that band's long dead and gone. But, um, but that was like the first time I remember going, I got to do this. This is really, really cool. Yeah, for me, um, I was always very inspired and always a huge fan of uh, Kevin Smith. Um, so, so when I oh, found yeah. out he was doing podcasts, I was like, man, I, I, I listened to it, but I never thought like, man, I want to do my own. And then I, I was kind of finding my niche, and I was like, well, how can I find something for me? And I've always been a good conversationalist, and I enjoy meeting new people and talking to new people and talking about yeah. what I'm passionate about. And I was like, you know what? 
I had all these collectibles like comic books and toys and statues and all this stuff. And I was like, I'm selling all of it. And my wife's like, don't do it. You're going to regret it. I'm like, I'm selling all of it. <laughs> and I made a couple, like I, a lot of them was like the pop vinyls. You remember the little pop vinyls? Well, they're still, oh, popular, yeah, yeah. I sold, oh, yeah. I, yeah, I sold almost all of them. I sold a bunch of other stuff at a yard sale and I made a couple, I made a couple grand and I went and bought all podcast nice. equipment. So I was like, He's he inspired me into the point because that's what he did for his movies. Like when he made Clerks and he made all this, he sold yeah, his comic right. book collection. So I was like, you know what? If you want something bad enough, and I know if I sell stuff that I'm really passionate about, I'll stick to it. So that's kind of what I did. Yeah, right, yeah. right. That you got to break through that barrier of entry. You know, got to put some skin in the game, kind of thing. Yeah, because I feel if you don't do that and you just kind of record from your phone or you kind of you go out and buy like $100 worth of equipment, it's easy for you to just bail on that equipment and that $100. You're like, you know what? I'm not looking forward to it. Like, it's not like not looking forward to it, but you didn't, like you said, there's no skin in the game. But I feel like if I dove in yeah. head first like that, I would be like, and here I am almost, I'm going on my second year and I recorded over, you know, 400 episodes between four different shows. Nice. So yeah, I'm, I'm in cool, it. Oh man, good for you. Yeah. I mean, viewer wise, I'm not listening wise, I'm not doing the best, but I, 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 it is important, but it's not, I enjoy what I do and I enjoy. So I, I, that substitution of theirs is definitely worth it for me. Um, yeah, yeah. One of the biggest mistakes I did is starting off on YouTube as well. And I would video the podcast kind of like I stole like from Joe Rogan, obviously I kind of bit off that a little bit. Sure, sure. And then my computer is really shitty. So it's hard to do the audio, then do the video and then all that processing and doing four shows, four weekly shows. I was like, not doing that no more. We're strictly audio only <laughs> <laughs> until I get a better computer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, the video component of it, man like I see the value in it. You know, I, I, I think there's value there. Uh, you know, everybody tells you, Oh, YouTube is, you know, the second most popular search engine behind Google, um, which is kind of weird cause it is Google, but, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but, uh, man, it, it, it is an extra layer and it's not even just like one layer. It's like three layers that you add on to, uh, just the production, the scheduling, the, the editing, the process. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a whole thing. So, yeah. um, I, I tell people, unless you have the budget <laughs> and a, a good budget, just go audio only. Yeah. I bought cameras and everything. And now I'm just like, I'm not even really using them because I can't, I don't have the computer. Cause here's the thing. Like you th like for me, I'm like, I have this computer. It's like 10, 15 years old this will get me by. <laughs> and then you're like, Oh, I'm going to install Adobe and I'm going to install this and install Photoshop and install this. And you're like, your computer is out of date. Like no matter how you, like you went and bought yeah. all this, you bought all this fancy equipment and your computer is not up to date to its standards. I'm like, well, shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, right. Yeah. Well, and it's, yeah. Like it's, it's like the brain of it all. So yep. yeah, it's just going to catch on fire. I just do this thing now <laughs> where I just take the, the, the logo of the show and I just stretch it across a video file. Yep. And then I just yep. up, I upload that to YouTube because people were pissed because I stopped taking them off. I, I took them off YouTube and people were like, yo, what are you doing? And I was like, yo, you can just go on – you can download any app on your phone or Spotify <laughs> and still listen to it for free. And they're like, no, I like doing it on YouTube. I was like, all right. So I have like – a certain amount of people who listen on just audio only. And then I have a whole nother genre who yeah. just listens to it only on YouTube. So I kind of split my audience in half, but you know I mean? It's, yeah. It's, well, yeah. Hey, yeah. That if it's, if it's getting to people, then it's worth, worth doing that. Yeah. So I, that's why I said, I take the time out to just do, just do that. I stretch out the, <laughs> I stretch out an image and I'm just like, you're just going to listen to it in the background anyway. So you don't need a, a, a video there. Maybe I'll start messing with right, people right. and put like a video in between of me just like dancing, and they'll be like, "That video you dancing is funny." I'm like, "That means you're actually paying attention. That's good." There you go. <laughs> or right? put, put like Fight Club subliminal messages. Yeah, put like Fight Club subliminal messages in there. <laughs> right. Awesome. So, um, what are what are some of your your podcasts that you work on now? So, um, the one that is taking up most of my time <laughs> is uh, it's a show called Cryptic. And it is a, uh, a, a scripted audio fiction. So it's an audio drama, um, which is uh, a genre that's really, really making headway. And especially, you know, during this time, it's one of those things that people can still produce, you know, like Hollywood's on hold and television's on hold, uh, but people are still producing audio fiction. Um, 
And that's because you can have actors record remotely and then bring in their files and put them into the world that you're creating. So, um, so it's pretty cool. Uh, we're actually just about to start season two uh, production on that. And it's, uh, it's, it's crazy. It's I'm from Ohio and it takes place in Ohio and Ohio is known for like being sort of like this sort of bland Midwestern state. Um, you know, it's pretty safe, you know, whatever. And, but it's also known for like tons of Bigfoot sightings mm -hmm. and we share Hoffman with West Virginia and the Lake Erie monster and the Loveland frog. Like there's all these crazy, crazy legends here. Um, so the characters of our show run, you know, within the show, they run this radio show that deals with this stuff, but they also go out and investigate things. And it turns out like all these legends are true. And um, so there's like family dynamic because it's a brother sister team. There's, obviously the the horror that they find you know these things that are true uh it's it's a really it's a fun show um i i sort of co i always say i co-created it but the guy that is writing it uh, his name's adam hoffman and he he did a ton of the the work sort of researching all of this he's been into all of the unknown you know the things that go bump in the night for a long time so it really came pretty natural to him and uh it's just been a ton of fun working on it um we've got a cast of like 15 actors that have been in it and since season one um and a bunch of original music from local and regional musicians uh we've got a local radio legend that does our opening narration every episode that's awesome so it's just yeah, it's just been really, really cool. Just all these cool pieces from the writing to the acting to the music, everything kind of coming to me. And then I get to put it all together and do the sound design and edit. And, uh, it's It's been a ton of fun. It's been really, really cool. Yeah, from what I'm looking at here is it's about, I mean, it's it says it's 10 episodes, but there's some half episodes in there. But for the most mm -hmm. part, you're looking no longer than... 25 30 minutes per episode some are even shorter than that 15 15 minutes so they're not long listens um you can definitely yeah. you can definitely you know finish the season that you're and he like he's saying you're hearing original music from local bands which i love that's all that's how i do all my intro music i could go on youtube yeah. and find royalty free music or i can find a local band and help them get their name out because every time someone listens to a show they can hear music some someone they never heard of you know so I, I like that thing right and it's all voice acted so it's not just someone narrating it's it's actually uh it's being acted out, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, really cool. I, you know, I got to do the sort of a new hat for me to wear was, was being the director of the show too. So, uh, you know, most shows that I produce that are podcasts, it's like, it's like this, you know, we're talking, it's an interview style. It's, it's whatever, mm -hmm. but this was working with actors and, and directing them and giving them character background and motivation and, all the things that go into getting a, a, an acting performance out of an actor. And uh, that was, that was cool. And I, you know, I look back and I, I go, I listen back to stuff and I'm like, Oh man, <laughs> I could have, I could have gotten a better take out of them for that. Or, you know, just, yeah. you know, the learning process that it is. Um, we had a, we had a, like a zoom meeting with the cast for season two and we did it like a table read where we just read through all the episodes and just the, the step that I noticed I was able to go really coax more of a performance out of some of the actors during that. I was like, Oh, okay. I did learn something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, it's, it's great. It's, it's the cool thing about it too is, with all these people that are working in it, there's, there's so many people that have been a part of my life in some way, whether it's a show that we worked on or, um, you know, a longtime friend that I know who's an actor or a musician or, uh, so it's just this really cool sort of collection of really awesome, talented people that also happen to be like a part of my life in one way or another, uh, over the years. So, 
uh, it's it's been a really amazing for me just a rewarding project to work on yeah i'm, I'm looking at now so you can actually go over to uh, crypticpodcast.com um, you can listen to every episode there or on any music or podcast platform um, you can become a patreon member and help them fund the show a little bit or you can you can even um do do like a kickstarter where you can kickstart season two so definitely go over to check that out at uh, crypticpodcast.com yeah i'm i'm pumped i think i'm this is gonna be tonight this is gonna be my thing tonight i'm gonna crack a beer i'm gonna play some call of duty and i'm gonna listen to cryptic <laughs> awesome yeah yeah check it out like uh, like you said most of the episodes actually come in right around like the 15 minute mark mm-hmm. um we've got those half episodes in between some of the the shows uh, so some yeah, the, you know, some behind the scenes stuff where you kind of meet the cast or stuff like that. It's actually, um, they're actually story pieces. So most of the oh, half okay. episodes sort of like lead into the, the next episode. I kind of call them like they're adjacent to some of the episodes, uh, kind of giving a little backstory or something else that's going on that you don't hear within the episode itself but you're like oh that's what they were talking about like um like uh, if you read a, yeah. a, a comic book and the you're you're a fan of the batman comic book and my buddy's reading green lantern there could be crossover between the two books that read into another story something like that yeah yeah, yeah basically yeah yeah like a little side story that's a that crosses over that you know just adds to the the world that we kind of created for this thing yeah, that's awesome, man. Uh, and also, you can check out Cryptic Podcast, uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. I just I just gave you a follow on Instagram. This is a cool oh, idea, awesome. man. I'm digging it. I like it a lot. Um, awesome, yeah. Yeah, that's 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 awesome. I can't wait to listen to it. Do you guys have like a, a merch page or anything? We do. Um, on the on the pay, on the website, it's uh, crypticpodcast.com slash store. Um, I'm trying to think what I have up there. I think I put some of the season two designs up. Um, but you know, t-shirts, hoodies, where, where do you, what do you use for distribution? Um, I am using, uh, printful, I think is the one that I'm on now. Um, I'm just writing this down for personal. So they, I use Teespring. You ever used to, okay. Teespring's really cool. I've heard of them. I haven't used them. Uh, but yeah, I'm using, I believe it's called printful. Yeah. It's printful. Yeah. You got some uh, so they cool do stuff here. Like, um, book bags and stuff but when you click on the merchandise it really doesn't take you to the the stuff yeah you it does it's it's if it's working right which may be a good thing you're looking at it yeah but uh you can you buy it like the cart and everything is on that on my website mm-hmm. is on the cryptic podcast website yeah and then like it, if you click on a t-shirt it, it takes you to uh the cyber monday contest and it doesn't take you to the actual to buy the t-shirt just kind of give you a heads up oh really yep all right well there you I go. Will, uh, See that? I got a job to do after we get done. Here. <laughs> <laughs> By the time this airs, it will be fixed. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, but if you go to the side, the sidebar, and type in, uh, and you go to the uh, cryptic hoodie. I'm sorry, cryptic uh, store. It does work that way. And what's, oh, okay, cool. Great, great prices too. Uh, hoodies only. It's hardy, like hoodies thirty five bucks. So that's yeah, not bad at all. Yeah, I, you know. Uh, the, where the prices are set right now, like I'm literally making like a few bucks. On yeah, each I'm one. the I'm the same exact uh, way on Teespring. I I think I sell a hoodie for twenty five yeah. twenty five bucks, and I don't I get maybe like a dollar, but it's more or less just to get the name out there. Yeah, I had the hoodies cheaper, but it was like a a cheaper hoodie that they were making. Yeah. Um. So I bumped the because like I bought a couple of them and like they're okay so i bumped it up to like a nicer hoodie and i had to charge you know that 35 yeah but um you know i tried to keep it as as inexpensive as i could mm-hmm. i you know if people want to wear a, a cryptic hoodie or t-shirt like i don't want money to get in the way of that like yeah i just think it's cool that they want to wear it you know <laughs> I'll, order, I'll order one and promote you guys out here awesome man i appreciate that yeah now uh you said you do you work on you help produce another podcast right yeah, so um, I've done a few other shows over the years. Um, the I, I did a, a really cool like two piece like special, um, I guess special installment of a, a podcast for a, a gaming company called Tasty Menstrual Games, where oh. they wanted me to do sort of like a, uh, I almost like a This American Life version of their show, 
And I went out to Gen Con, um, which is a huge tabletop gaming uh, convention out in Indianapolis. And I just interviewed anybody and everybody that I could and sort of put together the story of Gen Con, which was a really, it's, it's like a project like I've never done before in podcasting. It was a ton of fun. Uh, met really cool people. I've, I've covered tabletop gaming for a long time on a blog of my own. So like I knew a lot of folks, mm -hmm. but I, I never had a chance and an excuse really to talk to like a lot of the, the attendees and, and stuff like that. So that was really cool. Uh, but that was like a, a one shot kind of thing. But the other show that I'm working on currently is called uh, the media juice podcast. And you'd probably dig this. Um, if you're into TV and film and uh, video games and stuff like that, it's uh, uh, it's with a guy named Jeremy Sneed, who's a filmmaker He's uh, he's a documentary filmmaker. He's done video games, the movie. He did a docu series called Unlocked, which is uh, the world of games revealed. And he's actually working on two more documentaries right now. But we've interviewed, I mean, dude, anybody in the video gaming industry, we've probably had them on, um, like. Uh, Nolan Bushnell, who was the president of Atari back in the 70s. Holy crap. Uh, like, yeah, like dudes that are responsible for us playing video games in our home. Like we've had them on the show. Uh, we had Michael Rooker from Guardians of the Galaxy on the show. Uh, Grant Imohara from Mythbusters. Matt Walsh from Veep. I mean, the list is ridiculous of, of the people that we've had on that show. And it's called the, and the, the media juice. It's called the media juice podcast. Yeah. Um, so I'm having, a, I'm having uh, a hard time finding it. I'm, I'm trying to, um, I'm going to just Google it. If real you quick, go so that way, actually the, probably the quickest way to find it is go to uh media slash podcast. Yeah, the juice media is like is flooding you guys out. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Hold on. Yeah, so, what what is it again? The uh, the the media juice podcast dot com. If you go to yeah, if you go to media juice dot com slash podcast. Yeah, let's try that. And there's a whole page there. There's a little splash video. Um, I mean. Okay, I got it here. It, it's a it's a long list of that's awesome of people that we've had on this show. It's, the only the yeah, only thing I cool that I I interviewed a guy who's making a video game called Retro Retromania. It's a wrestling video game, and I remember the old school Wrestle, oh, cool. WrestleFest video games. He's making yeah. like a the success the successor to that game. Um, we talked to the guy who created Hey Poor Player uh, website, and they do like all old retro video game reviews, and then. Um, I, we had an interview way, way back. The audio was terrible, but if you, I mean, it's not terrible, but I'm embarrassed by it because it's when we first started. <laughs> um, but we interviewed um, uh, Andrew Hubachek, who um, who did the who played the original Zelda in um, Pet Cemetery. Oh wow! Yeah, so that that was really That's cool because awesome. one of the scariest dudes on the planet at one point in time, and he was only in the movie for right. a couple minutes. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. But, uh, yeah, so that, that show has been a lot of fun. Um, we're, we're a bit on, like, it's just been hard to book guests and stuff Yeah. with everything that's been going when, on. When you do search this, if you type in media juice, one word, uh, podcast, yeah. the media juice, it's all one word. So the uh, media juice, one word for that. And then it should, it should come up. It is on Spotify and stuff. Yeah. Yes. It should be everywhere. Um, I'll have to look at some of our, like SEO stuff and make sure that it's, it's working the way it should. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a cool show, man. It's been a lot of fun getting to talk with some of these people. And, uh, uh, I'm actually, I'm on air with, with that too. So like, I'm not like a, the on air producer kind of thing. Awesome. So I get to be in on some of these Ooh, Nintendo versus Sega. If you ever do a Nintendo versus PlayStation during the, uh, the, the releases, let me know. I'll, I, I'll tune in and if you need someone to call in, <laughs> I've <Awesome. laughs> on my show, I am the solo Xbox guy. So I have to battle with all PlayStation people. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. We, so, we have a good time with that. 
That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, there's always always one, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, 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 but I'm the guy who, when I debate them, I'm like, "Well, do you own an Xbox?" And I'm like, "No." I'm like, "Well, I own both systems." So I, I feel like I, and I'm, I'm, I'm being unbiased. <laughs> like I'm telling you which one I think is better and which reasons. Like I think PlayStation does really well in certain things, but I also think the media helps PlayStation and others. Like they put a game out that and they get 10 out of 10 stars and I played, I'm like, not that great of a game, but also I'm the type of gamer. I like to game with people and yeah. I, I like game with replay value. So if I play your cinematic walkthrough one player game, I'm never going to go back and play that again. So it's right, right. Where, where I can go buy a game like gears of war. I can play it by myself. I can play the story with a friend and then I can go and play online community for the next three years. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, so I, yeah, yeah. Dude, you gave me hooking up with some awesome podcasts here, man. I'm gonna be stuck. Uh, I, I, my list is getting <laughs> go, bigger man. and bigger. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Because you, you, you know, we all have lots of time now. So uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, there's so many, and it, it's like my most of my podcast is uh, is just video game, beer talk, or just nerdy stuff. And then I, I I've been, I have a few on my list that I haven't listened to, but like ones that are like about myths and legends is one I, I didn't get a chance to check out or like something scary. But now that I have this one, I'm going to definitely check that out. Cause I'm, I'm into that supernatural and I'm, I may not believe it, but I'm into it. I love it. Like a ghost story or a monster right, story. Right. I'm all about it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Now have, when you guys do this, do you, have you ever gone to like certain locations and, and done like try to see if you could find anything or go look for it? No. Um, well, it's funny because, like, you know, we one of the episodes we talk about Top of the World, which is this place in the Cuyahoga Valley National Park that's supposed to be haunted. And, you know, this farmer allegedly, like, killed his kids and stuff. And, um, and like, I've never been there. But the the actor, one of the actor who she's uh, she plays the lead, one of the co-lead. Uh, she had been there like as a teenager, you know, like her friends drove or whatever. And she has this funny story about like, she did not get out of the car. <laughs> like, <laughs> they all went like looked around and stuff and she stayed in the car. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's pretty funny, but um, I'm the dude uh, in the horror movies dying first. Cause I'm going to be like, no, it ain't real. And I'm the one walking right? out getting butchered. <laughs> <laughs> right but yeah like adam the guy that that wrote the the series he uh he's trying to to go to all, like all these places because like he's totally into it you know he's like yeah. now i have an excuse it's like a tax write-off or you know, <laughs> whatever he's trying to like work it work that in there so he can like have this excuse to go see all these things and we, we have a lot of spooky ghost stuff in pennsylvania if you ever want to if you guys ever want to come up this way we can i can take you to some. <laughs> that's actually one of I, my future episodes is we have a, a ghost story that's like literally 15 20 minutes from me and it's called the gordon mountain oh, ghost really? and supposedly this woman was was beaten beaten killed and lit on fire so they couldn't identify her body because at the time uh -huh. they just couldn't do it and supposedly her ghost right. haunts this mountain so we're gonna go up with the with the zoom, and we're just gonna go sit on like a rock or something in the middle of the woods and just do like the history <laughs> of. Because I want to do a podcast yeah. in a locate in, in like a haunted location and just see what we get, like I, right, like, or right. like a haunted house or something. I just not maybe not film it, but just kind of sit in a lo like. Because my next goal, my new thing is I like to sometimes do podcasts in other venues. Like, I, like we have a a, a theater here called the Majestic Theater, and I was I was the yeah. first podcast to ever set up in the theater and do a podcast with the the cast of the play that was coming up and i thought that was cool like well, that's and cool. we set up the, yeah. we set up on the stage and i'm like i'm looking out like this one we still did video so you can watch the video and it's like looking out at the the the, the stadium like at the seats and stuff i was like this is awesome yeah yeah that's cool so that's like that's my cool. new bucket list is just trying to podcast in different locations like in cool locations right right yeah, yeah. that's awesome we uh <laughs> my my family and i have this funny like inside joke about a hotel and i believe we were still in pennsylvania we were so we were um i don't know we're just weird so my my mom is actually a, a really talented seamstress and she had this client that was in new york new york city 
and ordered like these custom costumes for a Halloween party, long story, but they didn't want to overnight the costumes. They wanted my mom to bring them like in person because they didn't want to get lost or whatever. So like on a Friday, my mom calls me and she's like, Hey, we're going to New York city uh, for the weekend. Can you watch the dog? Whatever. I was like, well, can we go too? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so like my boys get out of school and I call my wife and she's at work and I'm like, Hey, do you want to go to New York? And so we pick up the kids from school and we drive to New York and we go and we don't even know like where we're staying and we find some hotel like on, you know, kayak or Priceline or whatever. And the first place that the GPS took us was like in the middle of the woods. Like, <laughs> we went up this dirt road and we stopped in the middle of these trees and it said that we had arrived. We're like, no. <laughs> and then we, we go to this hotel and there's literally nobody there. There's a key and an envelope, a key, not a key card with our name on it. And we go up, like we don't see a soul. It's this old, old hotel with, you know, long hallways and this weird room. And like, we literally never talked to anybody that worked for the hotel. We left the key on the the counter when we left in the morning and then we went away. We always say like that hotel doesn't exist. It's just, <laughs> it, it appeared in the mist. <laughs> we slept there and then it disappeared when we left. It was the most bizarre thing ever. So that's how every sure horror movie I don't starts. Even right. Yeah. I'm like, okay. I don't even know if I slept that night. So yeah, it was, it was super bizarre. And then we went to New York city that day. So, uh, <laughs> So that's that's about as haunted as a story as I have to share in real life. <laughs> now, when uh, how you say you do a lot of like local venues and music, and you're waiting for this to kind of all end so you can get back to work and doing that kind of stuff. What are um, yeah. what are some bands that you actually have done sound for and stuff like that? Oh, um, I've actually I've done some pretty cool gigs. Um, way way back, one of actually the first uh, musicians that I worked with. Uh, sort of as a local um, was Yo-Yo Ma, who, uh, you know, world famous cello player, uh, did like Lord of the Rings soundtrack, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon soundtrack, uh, amazing talent. So <laughs> I always like to tell this story. We we spent the day rehearsing with him and um, everything's set, sound check's good. He's super nice guy, like nicest guy you'd ever want to meet. And his stage manager comes up to me like half hour before the show was supposed to go up. And she goes, would you do me a favor? Um, would you carry his cello out and place it next to his chair where he's going to be sitting? Um, it makes me nervous. <laughs> and I was like, fine. Well, I don't, whatever, you know, I, carry instruments all day every day it's no big deal so i carried out and i put it down no no sweat and one of the other guys that was working the show comes up afterwards he's like you know that's not like his cello it's like on loan from like some duke in europe somewhere (laughs) it's like a stradivarius that's worth like multiple millions of dollars like why did you let some slub like me touch that (laughs) right i'm like (laughs) i'm i'm really glad you didn't tell me that beforehand because i probably would have like tripped and fallen on it and crushed it and i'd be in some dungeon (laughs) in europe somewhere (laughs) oh my Um, god so yeah, Yo-Yo Ma, that was a really cool experience. Um, I've mixed monitors for like BB King, um, Soul Asylum, uh, Richard Marks. Oh, somebody was just asking me all this stuff the other day. I'm trying to remember who else. Do you have like a list uh, of everyone you've worked with? I should. Um, I used to have it on like my resume, uh, but like a lot of like old funk bands have come through some of the venues that I work. 
like um, Cameo and Casey and the Sunshine Band and George Clinton and the P Parliament Funk. Um, so a lot of, lot of those type of guys, the Daz Band, if you remember those guys. Um, uh, gosh, trying to think who else would be John Waite and uh, Richard Marks. Um, yeah, I, I've... I've probably forgotten a lot too. I've done a lot of tribute bands too. So like I've done like fake Bon Jovi and fake journey and fake Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> there's a, there's a band from our area, not band, but like my one guy does guitar tech for them. Uh, get the lead out the, the Led Zeppelin. Tribute oh band. yeah. 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 There's a, there's one around here called Zoso that I've done like every year for like the past, like four or five years. Um, I, I've I've seen enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, I I have a buddy who uh, a few buddies that are in bands, and one of them is doing really well for themselves. They tour all over the place. Um, they're actually doing a show with uh with Hailstorm in in Ohio of all places because it's just funny that they're both PA mm. bands and and Ohio somehow got the bill. But uh, their band called <laughs> their their band's name is Crowbot. Oh, cool. Yeah, so they they do really cool stuff. Um. They're, nice. They they were on tour with uh, just recently before this last everything shut down. They were on tour with Steel Panther, which okay that cool. that, that band cracks me up. That band like <laughs> they just they're just so funny to me. I don't know. Um, I'm also very That's I guess awesome. immature, so you know fart and pee jokes are right up my alley. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they uh, they do a lot of really fun stuff, but uh, the. Uh, but they have a whole list of every time they play. Like he has a whole list of every single bands he's ever like open for. And then he also does, uh, oh, cool. he does sound too. He like, so when he's not in the band, he's actually doing sound and stuff. Kind of like, like setting up the mixers and stuff. So he has a whole right. list of everyone he's ever worked with, which is kind of neat. It's like, Oh man, you've seen this band. He's like, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Now I used to do, um, I used to do a lot of stagehand work for the local stagehand union. And so like I've worked, I've worked shows like um, at at big like arenas and stuff like that. So like anybody from Backstreet Boys to Aerosmith and uh, that's my uh, that's my dream band know. that I want to see so bad. Aerosmith. Yeah, I want to see Aerosmith really bad. Yeah, I've well, I've worked them probably two or three times. Actually, one of the more fun stories from all those gigs, um, I was working their show and i was i was paging cable for their one of their video guys so the the video guy that i was assigned to was the guy that was in between like the barricade and the stage um so like i'm right there up against the stage making sure this guy isn't tripping over his cable and everything and uh steven tyler comes down like right to the edge of the stage and sings the second verse of dude looks like a lady, like right to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I would cry. I'm like, what? I'm like, what are you trying to say, man? <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would have bawled. I would have cried. It was, uh, it was pretty cool. Then like some of the other stage hands, like they were up on the trusses running truss spots and stuff like that. They came down after this. They're like, dude, I've never seen him do that before. That's really cool. <laughs> I was like, all right, man. <laughs> I would, I would have, I'm I'm not I'm not into this at all, but I would have kissed him right in his mouth. <laughs> that's the that's the band I want a biopic of. Like you know how they're doing Elton John, oh and, yeah, and Freddie Mercury, yeah. And Queen. I want the Aerosmith one. I want the one where they're going to record their newest album, and they rent out a giant ho like mansion, and they all lock themselves in rooms, and they do all the heroin, and then come out when they're looking for more and shoot guns at each other because they hated each other. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> yeah they're they're pretty wild i will say um like a lot of the a lot of my friends who have been long 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 time stagehands um you know they they've worked with so many of these bands for so many years that just keep touring and you know once they got clean like they're those guys are like the nicest guys yeah 100 percent um, like they will literally just come up to you and sit down next to you and ask you like, what book are you reading and ask like just talk with you like regular dudes 
we, we may have really to really hold cool. on one second. We may um, I may have to end the call and call you back. It's getting a little weird interference. Okay. All right. Let me just do that real quick. Give me one second. Hold on, guys. Sorry about that. This is this is the uh, the challenge of uh, of doing uh, podcasts over the phone during a time when the internet's being used by everybody. So hopefully we get this all cleared out. Normally a podcast would edit this out, but not me. <laughs> Are you there? Yeah, I'm good. Much better. All righty. Sorry about that. I didn't want you to get into a really yeah, good story no and then it's like all buff, muffled and stuff. But yeah, yeah. All righty. Yeah. So um, now with with obviously with the podcast you're working and stuff, what are some of your uh, your future plans or goals when it comes to the the shows? Oh, so I have so many plans. Um, so I'm actually working on. Currently, I'm working on season two of Cryptic. Um, and which is going to be, in my opinion, 100% better than season one. Um, at least I hope. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm holding you to high standards uh, now. Beyond, right. Beyond that, um, I've got a, a team of writers who are working on actually another audio drama fiction piece that is actually going to be like in the style of a musical. Um, so it's like, a, it's actually a husband wife team. He's a, he's a writer. He's a He went to school for journalism and he's done a lot of creative writing and she's a singer songwriter. And so they're teaming up on this thing and it's, it's going to be really cool. Like they've sent me some demos and stuff and, um, some rough drafts of some of the scripts for the episodes. Uh, it's a show it's called Puddlegram. Uh, so if all goes as planned, we're going to start hopefully production for that will start sometime like late summer, early fall. And um, I've got another, another audio drama show. It's actually going to be more sort of family friendly, um, but really like, it'll be it's going to be a comedy more or less but with a like good moral like moral stories mm -hmm. morals to the stories at the end kind of thing um that adam hoffman who's the writer of cryptic he actually came up with the concept and is working on that um so we're hoping to begin production in that sort of late fall winter uh, and then I've got two other shows that I'm hoping to produce in 2021 as uh, as the things go on. So I actually will have, hopefully when it's all said and done by the end of like 2021, I'll have um, five shows in production uh, as we, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, the cool thing with that is, you know, it's a little different than like a talk show format where, uh, it's it's like that weekly grind, um, you know, an audio drama. It, it's kind of more like a TV show where it has a season, right? So yeah. um, we had a season for, for Cryptic season one. It ended at the end of February, and then we're working on the next one, and it'll come out in the fall. Um, so it, it kind of builds in a little buffer. You can take a little bit of a breather, get ready to go, and then ramp things back up again. So kind of where I am, um, you know, and I guess it'll just depend on if the world has collapsed entirely or <laughs> if we're coming out on the other side of this thing, uh, maybe by July 13th when this airs, we'll know uh, where we stand but, yeah, as society. Right. If right, we're not, if so, we're not Mad Max at this point. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's sort of the plan on that front. And, um, continuing to do some live work and I do theatrical like sound design, um, for a, a, a theater company that's local here. Uh, so I, I, I'm on board with them for four shows a year, which is a lot, a lot of fun. Um, it's actually where I met Adam Hoffman who wrote cryptic and a lot of our actors. What are uh, some of the productions you guys have done? Um, some of the stuff that we've done, uh more recently uh we did 1984 a few years ago um diary of anne frank 
Uh, we just did Miracle Worker, which is the story of Helen Keller. Um, we've done some some pieces by Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, we do a lot of family stuff too. So like Charlotte's Web. Um, we did Never Ending Story, which was really cool. How did you pull uh, that off? Oh my gosh, it's it's crazy. So like it's actually it's a pretty small theater in in terms of like stage space but um we work with a really really cool guy who does like theatrical puppets um so like he built falcor and um that thing scared the, the hell out of me when i was a kid <laughs> right <laughs> uh so like he he created all these creatures and it was it was a really cool show um so yeah it's it's a cool, cool theater, really like awesome, talented people that run it and, and work there. And, uh, it's, it's really inspiring to work there. Just the, see the creativity that goes into doing these productions and to be a part of it. It's, it's, it's really cool. Um, I'm, I'm very happy and very blessed to be a part of some pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Local theater is something I've just recently started getting into. Cause I, it's just something I didn't think I'd be into. I still have a hard time with musicals, but I like, like the, the play yeah. that I did for the podcast where I promoted it was, uh, they did clue, which I thought was awesome. I love the oh, movie yeah. clue. So they did a really good job. Um, and then I didn't get to see it. But my buddy, he helped do a production cause he's really into theater and acting and stuff. And, uh, they did little shop of horrors and he got to play the, oh, yeah. he got to play, uh, Audrey. Nice. Yeah, and they had a giant. They had like I guess commissioned this giant puppet that he pretty much controlled, and uh, yeah, then they sent it yeah. back when they were done. But I I didn't get a chance to see it, but I really wish I would have. But and then the one when we when we interviewed Andrew from from um, uh, Pet Cemetery, they we went to go see his for like first time I ever seen him his production. I, I'm gonna I don't know the name of the play, but all I know it's a really really long title and it's something about. The curious events of a boy and a dog that was murdered, or something like that. It's a super, super, oh. super long title, but it's about a kid with yes. autism. Yes, I know what you're talking about, and I can't remember the whole thing either. <laughs> but they they put that production on, and they had some guy come in who does the lights and and the sound production of it. So when you're uh-huh. watching it, and the 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 boy in this the the uh, the play would have an overstim. They would literally hit yeah. you with all these flashing lights and all these squeals and sounds and all the speakers in the place would just hit you with all these different sounds at the once at the same time and then they would have all this chatter of people like hundreds of people walking by and sounds and sirens and everything and like this and it just wow. it, it makes you grab your head like what is happening but like it would reenact like what someone on a, even on a small scale of what someone goes through with autism. And then, yeah. like, then it would like in his head when he would do his like dialogue, and he's like, "Oh, if I walk up two blocks and then do a left and up, then then to the right, and then like the stage turned into like a map, and like the lines would all mm. go on the screen. It was like the production of it was unbelievable. It was so much fun. But yeah, it That's was awesome. And they and they're like a smaller theater too. Like it maybe theater holds a couple hundred people, but it was just it was done so well. And I'm just like, man, yeah. this is like something I should have cashed in on a long time ago. I should have started doing more of going to see these types of productions and stuff. Yeah. You know, it's, um, I always, I mean, I appreciate like we go, I go see a lot of musicals. Um, uh, Cleveland is like less than an hour from where I live and playhouse square is actually the largest theater district outside of Broadway. So they bring in a lot of the touring Broadway shows and stuff like that. So me and my wife go up there all the time and see shows. And I appreciate the grand scale of those productions. Like it is, you know, 99% of those things are just spectacles. Mm -hmm. It's, it's the, the cutting edge of theater technology and video mapping and automation and all that stuff. Um, And it's, it's darn entertaining but when you get into a small theater and they only have so much space to work with you know there's only so much budget there's um you know probably not the biggest cast that they would like to have or whatever it is and you see them just put on a killer production yeah it there's just something really really special about that yeah and uh yeah i love it it's it's so cool my favorite musical 
that I can watch on repeat if I if need be is Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's my that's my favorite. <laughs> and Little Shop of Horrors I like, but Rocky Horror Picture Show is my favorite. Yeah. yeah. Little Shop of Horrors is is pretty good. I actually man, if you ever get a chance, um it's a newer show. It's called Come Come From Away. Come From and Away. Yeah, it's so like most people say oh it's a musical, it's going to be like 3 hours and really long and all this it's a 90 minute show with no intermission and it's about a little town in nova scotia where or i'm sorry newfoundland where they directed all these planes right after 9 11 and this little town had thousands of people fly into their airport and like live in their town for this long period of time while they were trying to figure out what to do with them and how to get these planes back. Cause every, all the planes had to be grounded. Yeah. Um, and it is, it's powerful. It's funny. It's dude. It, it was, it's one of the best shows that I've ever seen. And it's, and it's one of those shows where it's not like a grand scale production. Like the entire set is just tables and chairs. Oh, nice. And it's, 12 people and they just put on a hat and they're a different character it's dude it's so good it's crazy yeah that's what i had to get over my first production i was like wait a second who's this person playing now like <laughs> it was like my yeah, fir- like when yeah. you're your first time you're like wait a second and you have to like all right i have to suspend this belief here and when my it's funny because yep. my friend who's really into it it was like our give and take so he's like we're gonna go see a play and i'm like well dude what the hell like why is it like this and he's like well this is why and i was like in his head is like makes sense and me i'm like wait what, this doesn't make sense and then i was like all right listen i'll go see a play with you but you have to go to a wrestling show because i'm into pro wrestling and he's like that is yeah. the stupidest thing i'm not going to watch grown men i'm like do theater and he goes what i said go into it thinking you're seeing action theater it's the same thing. Like they are literally telling a story and he went and watched it. It really is. And yeah, he left. Yeah. He's like, I totally get like, he's, I'm not a wrestling fan, but I totally get the appreciation for it. Like he goes, if they're really good in the ring, they can sell their injury. And he's like, it was really good. He's like, I enjoyed it. Yeah. 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 I was like, yes, it, it really is. It's, <laughs> it's its own form of theatrics, yeah. you know? Yeah. 100%. Um, yeah. I actually worked. Um, uh, what was it? I think it was SmackDown. Uh, came through Cleveland and I got called up there to go help work that show. And I was going to lunch, you know, they, they called us for lunch and I I'm walking by and there's this dude like, you know, he, I obviously he was a wrestler. He's just a huge guy. Yeah. They're massive. Right. He's, he's on his cell phone and he turns around and it's Ric Flair. Wow. <laughs> and I just walk by. He like waves. I'm like, hey, how's it going? I <laughs> I like, remember, remember what I said about dude. Steven Tyler? That's another man I would kiss right, right in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it it would have taken everything. In my, now, I'm usually a pretty cool, calm, collect guy. Like, I don't geek out over celebrities. Like, I see somebody and I'm like, in my head, I kind of have a mental breakdown. But uh, it, it, and then I'm like, "What's up, man?" And I just walk away. And I'm like, "You should have asked." Her. I'm like, "No, I'm not asking for photos or pictures." But if I were to see right. Ric Flair in public, it would take every part of my being <laughs> not to woo at him. You know what I mean? Like, just to hear him do it in my presence, I'd have been like, "I'm sold. Like, I'm done for life. Like, God can right. take me now." <laughs> I heard Ric Flair woo in 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 my presence. Like, I'm done. It's over. Right. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> It would have been, <laughs> he'd have been like, come on, man, really? You're wooing at me? I'm on the phone with my wife. Like, <laughs> I'm like, please, right? just do it one time. I'll leave you. I'll I'll, I'll jump off this building. Yeah. I'm on the phone with my kid, yeah. yeah. I'm like, it's Charlotte? And Charlotte's on the phone? Because <laughs> I know his whole family. <laughs> he'd have been like, get out of here, weirdo. <laughs> you weird me out now. Get out of here. Yeah, get out of here, creep. <laughs> you put me in a sleeper hole. Put me in a sleeper hole. <laughs> yeah. Slap the figure four on me right now break my leg <laughs> oh that's awesome yeah i get into that stuff man i uh, my wife we watch it with me and she's like stop it just stop it and i'm like leave me alone it's it's one of my only things <laughs> of childhood i hang on to i don't watch ninja turtles no yeah. more but i still watch pro wrestling <laughs> right yeah i used to i remember being in wrestling but man it was 
a long time ago, and I don't even know why I stopped watching it because, like, I like any time I watched it, I was like, "Yeah, this is so cool." And then, <laughs> like, just one day we didn't. You yeah, know? I don't know. My what stopped me but, was uh was mixed martial arts. I started watching mixed martial arts, and then I was oh, like, "Yeah," and I was like, "This is awesome." And I watched it for like ten years, and then. I was everyone like then I, I had friends who were like wrestling fans and I had friends who were mixed martial arts fans and all the wrestling fans enjoyed the mixed martial arts but all the mixed martial arts fans hated the wrestling and they're I'm like why right, do you hate right. it and they're like it's so fake and so scripted and these guys are so corny and then I'm like do you realize every single mixed martial arts guy is all cutting promos like they're wrestlers like they're selling you fights and you're buying into right. it yeah I was like, the only difference between this and that is when they get in the cage, they legit punch each other. I'm not saying what, right. what when they. I'm, I'm not saying that in pro wrestling they don't actually get hurt or they're actually doing stuff. But I said it's literally the same thing. I said at least WWE they actually try to put a story out. They're not just out there trying to force something that's not there. Right, right. Yeah. I don't know. It's fun. <laughs> I, I still watch both, but I still I latched back onto wrestling. It took me. A, I took a huge break from it, but now I'm back. Like yeah, and then I'll go do like a podcast at a, like a wrestling show, and I'll I'll see a guy that I knew from like my childhood, and I'm like, oh my god, you're right there. I'm gonna I'm gonna go over here now. <laughs> see you later. <laughs> yeah, when I remember when, like right around the time we were like me and my brother were like getting into it, um, my dad for a while worked at like the r- local Radio Shack, and there was a guy that would come in there, and he was one of the referees for like professional wrestling and he would tell my dad like every time he's like oh my gosh you should be a wrestler you i could totally get you into this you have the look you're you know you have the build you're all this and that like i could totally like this could be your name like he was like 100 percent serious <laughs> that my dad could have been a professional wrestler and like we heard this like after the fact, you know, like a year or two later, and my brother and I like I'll never forgive almost you, lost our mind. <laughs> like, what? Why would you say no? Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, the bad thing is at that like, point in time, gonna... your dad would have probably been a jobber for a while, and he would have went right. in the ring, and all jobbers did was just take beatings. Bad, right, right. bad beatings. Like, right. I knew a, like, my uncle worked on. with a guy. Yeah, my uncle worked with a guy who was a jobber, and he did a show with the Samoans, the Wild Samoans, and Jimmy and, oh, yeah. and Jimmy Schnuka. And he walked out, and they're like, "All right, here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna get beat up, and then Jimmy is gonna smash a pineapple over your head." And he's like, <laughs> "Okay." And in, in his brain, it didn't hit him that it's not a gimmicked pineapple; it's a legit pineapple (laughs) and they don't break easy no and they're sharp they're real sharp so he he took he took a pineapple to the forehead and cut him like it was he was like it was like i hit in the head with with a rock wrapped in barbed wire he's like i bled like a pig and guess what pineapple (laughs) never even opened (laughs) and jimmy schnooka hit him in the head with it and he was not a small man no, he, no. He, he already oh has one God. body under his belt. He almost had two that night. He almost had two. Wow. He killed one person with wow. blood force trauma to the skull. That would almost would have been two. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. And then my and then he took the tape to my uncle, and then my uncle was all proud that he was like, my nephew is gonna love this, and he showed me this tape, and I'm like, and I'm like seven years old, like, why would your friend agree to this? He's an idiot. Like, <laughs> like is he is and then i don't know it was just like <laughs> he's just like i thought you'd be proud i'm like i'm proud of him but he's stupid he's that was that was not a good move he should have taken a chair he should have 100 percent taken a chair <laughs> right <laughs> but yeah the chairs they bend they just they clang they're loud they're not as yeah, yeah. i said pineapple i was like yeah that messed him up so bad he's like bleeding all over the place on the video yeah, it was out of control. <laughs> but uh, so as, as uh, I don't want to keep you super late because behind the scenes here, behind we're breaking kayfabe as wrestling terms. Is uh, it is a little later at night, and I appreciate you starting so late with me and recording this. Is there anything else you want to yeah. get out there, plug, talk about before we let you go? Oh man, I mean, I could talk for hours, but no, uh, I think we've you know covered the big things that are sort of, um, you know in the wheelhouse right now sort of in the pipeline um you know cryptic season two we're we're looking at a fall release so like 
uh, late October, uh, you know, early or uh, mid to late October uh, for that. So I do have one more quick question about that. Now. When you yeah, guys record yeah. that, are you recording the audio in person or is it like everyone records like from their own house, like over a recording device and sends the files in? So um, season one, we did all in person, uh, which was actually really cool. Uh, I've got a, a stereo mic that I like to use for that. And I used a lot of different like miking techniques because part of the part of the story is that they do this radio podcast show. Um, so like I would do like a podcast rig set up and record that part. And then when they're out in out from behind the mic, so to speak, you know, we've got the stereo field that we record in. And um, so we that's how we did season one, <clears throat> season two, just because of how we how things are right now i we are going to do uh the recording remotely okay so everybody um most everybody has uh, a mic of some sort uh, that's halfway decent that they'll be recording their stuff on uh i'll be connecting depending on like depending on the roles and the and the parts uh some of them will be like doing zoom calls and stuff like that where we can all sort of see each other and and I can direct them and the, the interaction is important, you know, uh, the chemistry of that. And then other, other roles, they'll just record their stuff and send it to me. And then if I need retakes, I'll ask them for that. So, awesome. uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot more work for me on the back end. just, you know, instead of recording everything in one go kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I'd rather do it this way than not at all. So, that's where I am. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, this isn't, this is, my show is not a one type thing. Like it's not, you come on once and it's over. Like if you have anything else you ever going on or you just want to, you know, talk or talk or do any, anything like that, man, let me know. I'm always down for collaborations because right hopefully, you know, our people can hear about cryptic and media juice and then vice versa. You know, we can kind of help each other get some uh, exposure. And like I said, you're only a state away. You know, if you're ever coming up this way and you want to come see, like you said, you're in amusement parks and stuff, let me know if you're in our neck of the woods and vice versa. And we'll uh, maybe meet in person one day. Right on, man. I'd awesome. love it. Well, thank you so much. Uh, just real quick, send me all the links to everything. I have some of them with yeah. TV and Mute, but just send them to me. So this way, when I do post it, I can put everything below so I can send people right where they need to go. 100%. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much, Jeremiah. And uh, we really, I really look forward to another time sitting down talking to you. And uh, for everyone else yeah, out there listening, uh, make sure you go check out the uh, Cryptic and uh, Media Juice, the Media Juice podcast. And uh, and that, that's going to do it for our podcast with uh, interviews with everyday people. We'll see you guys next time. Without me